All right, so uh, just first off, I guess, uh, what what makes the whole World Cup bid in 2026 so unique? One is I think it's the first bid. Well, there's never been a bid with three countries. There's been bids with two uh, and, and actually successful hosts with two countries. There's never been a three-part bid. Um, but what makes it unique is I think the fact that they're trying to make this in an era where people have really sort of said, hey, no more to these expensive bids and no more to like throwing billions of dollars at things, whether it's Olympics or World Cup or other world championships. Uh, they, they're trying to use as many existing stadiums as possible and saying that they're not going to have to build a lot of infrastructure. So that is the big change to say that, look, we're trying to use a lot of stadiums in these 23 cities that are the finalist cities and whatever gets narrowed down to that are that have stadiums built. And, and they might need renovations, they might, might need to be expanded, they might need to have grass put in, but they don't need to be built from the ground up. Uh, so so uh, Edmonton just got announced today as one of the, I guess, official candidate cities for uh, 2026. Uh, the provincial government just said no to, mo- no to spending money, but the city said they're going ahead with it. What, yes. what type of significance do you think uh, a World Cup bid for Edmonton would have on the city for soccer, not well, not just in the city, but throughout the entire province and even the country? Well, I think obviously creates visibility for the city and it creates visibility for the game, uh, and especially with the Canadian Premier League coming with us, with Canada finally developing a, a true Division One soccer league that's our own and not shared with the United States. I think it's important to sort of to get that set off in the right direction. I think, you know, when the United States hosted the World Cup in 1994, that was the impetus to get MLS off the ground, right? To actually get a real professional league going, uh, not like, you know, a, a ramshackle sort of gathering of sort of semi-pro leagues. Um, so that, you know, to create that real pathway for players to, to, to play for the national side and to as well play professionally and look at it as a career that you don't have to, try to hang on at some second division club in Sweden or or be far down the pecking order with an MLS team because they're going to favor American foreign players over you. Um, yeah, I think that that's going to be the key. I mean, it goes hand in hand with the development of the Canadian Premier League. Uh, the, the city said they'd be committing about, or a bid would cost around 30 to $50 million. Do, do 35 you... to 55 I think that was the number that they threw out there. Okay. Do you think uh, that they'll have to renovate Commonwealth again for the World Cup, kind of like what? Well, obviously the, the the playing surface will have to change. So I think a lot of expense. I think most of the expense in Commonwealth is going to be putting grass in. Uh, I mean, you can't just throw a temporary grass surface on. That's been tried before. It doesn't work. It's actually quite dangerous with players. It's quite slippery. It doesn't hold very well. And the grass is kind of dead. I mean, when when you put those temporary grass surfaces on, you know, you you basically putting dead grass onto that you're rolling out over a, you know, a turf surface or a hard surface and hoping that it sort of holds up. Um, and it just doesn't work. Uh, it hasn't worked when it's been tried. It comes up in places. So you have to lay grass down. You have to plant the thing. And uh, that's going to be the biggest expense. I think a lot of the other part of the expenses is going to be security. I think that's the most open-ended you know, uh, part of it, security, policing, and infrastructure to get people you know, from the airport to the stadium and, and, and to, to really get them around. I mean, the LRT plan and such a transit plan is all part of that going forward. But I think you need to really make visitors here have a, a good experience when they come to Edmonton. And, uh, you know, I don't think that they all necessarily had that when they came here to the Women's World Cup. And I think we have to do a better job. Okay, so I got two more questions. Uh, Vancouver just pulled out yesterday. Uh, 
I think it was Chicago and Minnesota, Minneapolis just pulled out today. Right. Why do you think some cities are pulling out from such like a big world scale event? Um, FIFA's FIFA asks for a few things in its contracting that that makes some governments nervous because it is open ended. I mean, the idea is is that you should be making money from these things, especially if you have existing stadiums. But FIFA, you know, has a has a history of not being the world's how shall we say cleanest organization. And there are three things, and I and I think one is minor, uh, and two are fairly major. Uh, I'll go with the minor one is that there should be tax concessions that FIFA gets for ten years. I think that is kind of par for the course. I mean, we can get into a debate about you know governments and, and and public funds subsidizing sports but i think it's a little bit hypocritical if we say it's okay to spend 100 million on the arena of taxpayers dollars uh towards the Edmonton Oilers and in other places in north america you know taxpayers dollars are going to build football stadiums and hockey arenas then all of a sudden we're going to get all high and mighty because fifa doesn't want to pay taxes for 10 years uh i think that's extremely hypocritical so i think that's why i say that's the minor one the, the major ones are liability uh FIFA says they're not liable. Um, so if you host the World Cup, all the liability is on the host. So, for example, and, you know, again, not wanting to get to too many soccer stereotypes here, but let's say there's a riot, you know, at a game at Commonwealth Stadium. Let, let, let's say it goes off and, 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 and there's a brawl between the fans. That's on the CVMD. FIFA's not going to recoup any money for damaged businesses, damaged storefronts, damaged, you know, turned over buses or such. That That's going to... That's on the city of Edmonton, or that's on the province, or what have you, or the local jurisdiction. The other thing is that FIFA says they want to be able to, to transfer money as they see fit, which means they can bring in money and take out money out of the country as they please. For a, for an organization that has a history of sort of bribery, that makes some jurisdictions very uncomfortable. As you can imagine, you know, FIFA saying, you know, you can't ask questions if we bring money in or out of your country. Um, that makes some jurisdictions very uncomfortable. Um, the province of, of British Columbia felt very uncomfortable, but because the province there controls BC place, you know, the Commonwealth Stadium is controlled by the city of Edmonton. So really the province saying no in Alberta has no bearing on Commonwealth Stadium because the province doesn't control it. But they, but the province of BC does control BC place, hence the name of the place. Um, so without their support, their, their bid died. Like they couldn't go any further. So... So it's a little bit of a different thing here. I think the city of Edmonton is hoping they can still negotiate with the province. There's a provincial election coming up next year. Uh, the, the host cities will be picked after that. So you, you can see that there's still some room and they feel there's still some room to talk and that this isn't a closed door. Is there any chance that Morocco is somehow going to win a 48-team World Cup? There's a very good chance they win. Um, I think the, 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 the voting system changed. It was meant to... It was meant to get away from the corruption. It used to be the executive committee voted on the host. So it was a group of 24 influential FIFA voters, and, and basically the board would vote on on the uh, on the hosts. To get around the corruption, part of the demand was, is now all the FIFA members, the 211, I believe it is. I might be wrong. It might be 208. I, I, but it's, it's, I think it's 104 votes that you need to win. Um, because, you know, obviously you can't vote, you know, Canada, Mexico, United States, and Morocco can't vote for themselves. Uh, so it's now one federation and one vote, which makes for a very interesting dynamic because this would be all well and good if there were as many countries in South America as there are in Africa or in Asia, but there aren't. 
So it gives disproportionate amount of power to certain continents that have more countries on them. So, for example, we're all expecting Africa to unite behind the Moroccan bid. That's over 50 votes. You know, that's more than CONCACAF could rally if the Americas could unite behind them. You know, and you can say, is that fair or is that not fair? So you just have to kind of do the math that there is a roadmap, you know, to use an American election term. There is a roadmap to victory for, for Morocco. That is, they get their 52 or 53 votes out of Africa. So they're halfway there. They're already halfway there. Uh, so they need to find 50 votes somewhere of the other 150 countries. You have to think. They only have to get a third of the countries if they sweep Africa. A third of the rest of the world has to go for Morocco, and Morocco wins. So the new voting system really skews toward Africa and Asia. It gives them an inordinate amount of power. It wasn't meant to be this way, but it's going to work out this way. And when you think, and you have to think to yourself, that each time Donald Trump, unfortunately, opens his mouth, America loses a vote or potentially loses a vote because he is, you know, this vote is happening in June. It, he doesn't matter that he's not going to be president in 2026. The problem is he's going to be president when this vote is happening. He's very unpopular. America tried very hard to weed out the corruption in FIFA, and there's some noses bent out of joint about that. Uh, you know, sort of like the global policeman is now saying to the people in the cells, all right, now you got to vote for me. Um, so I still think that the North American vote is favored. I think this vote is going to be extremely close. I think it's going to be razor thin. Um, I think Morocco is going to find support because you say to yourself, if they get, let's say, 50 of the votes out of Africa, you know that the Middle East is going to vote for Morocco. Uh, you can imagine. And that's that's quite a few small countries in the Middle East. Again, that make up numbers. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that Syria and, you know, Syria and uh, uh, Iran and Iraq are going to be voting for them in American World Cup. I think that they're probably going to vote for Moroccan one. Um, I as well. There are going to be some European nations that have interests in Morocco, as you can see. France, France would get a lot of contracts out of Morocco. They're just a short ferry ride in France and Spain and Portugal from Morocco. And French companies, as, a, as Morocco is a French-speaking country, are already looking at having major contracts to build a lot of the infrastructure there. So, you know, we're already hearing rumblings that France is going to support Morocco. Um, so, because it's good for them. And so you can see there's a roadmap here. I, I think people who look at Morocco as an underdog are really looking at it very seriously. Uh, I think even ESPN reported that they couldn't believe in their sort of straw poll of how much support Morocco has amongst FIFA delegates, despite all of the American money, um, that it is going to be very, very tough. It's going to be a very tough election. And I think the fact that they did a major house cleaning at the top of the American bid or the North American bid last week in removing Sunil Gulati and, and really trying to take away the Americanness of the bid shows that they're in trouble. This is not the kind of move you make this close to the voting vote, but but the North American bid did that, and I think they really need to house clean. And I think that shows that they understand that they've got some trouble. And I think the big trouble that they have right now is, is hearing the rumors, which you know has been reported in a couple of places, that a lot of South American, Central American nations might not be supporting them. And a lot of that goes back to Donald Trump and the things that he says about Latinos. And, you know, you hate to say this, but it reflects. It reflects on the bid. And, you know, and, and those people and, and some of those nations are going to vote for Morocco instead. Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much, Steve, for this interesting times in CONCACAF and Edmonton and Canadian soccer. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for June 13th when we actually see what the hell happens. Yeah, we'll see. 
we'll see. I, I think we have some work to do on this bid. Yeah. Or, Lots of our work has to be done. 